Well, good morning. Thank you all for being here this morning. We are in week seven, lesson seven of our consistent character series. If you want to turn to a passage of scripture this morning, um, the place to go would be Job, Job chapter one. I, um, I don't know why this is, but um, I'm always concerned that I'm going to lose my notes, right? I'm really, I seem to be really concerned about this. I don't exactly know why, but I, you know, I print out my notes and I put them somewhere and I always, you know, double check it before I leave. Look, are they still in there? You know, and, and now I even, uh, I've begun writing my notes on this, um, this note app that's on my phone and everything so that uh, if I happen to lose my notes, I can go right to my phone and it's on my phone, but I still worry about losing my notes. And, you know, this morning as I was thinking about it, some of these lessons have been, the passages of scripture have been so, um, so familiar. Uh, this is a familiar uh, passage of scripture. And yet there's just some things that as you read it, the second and third and fourth and fifth and who knows how many times in some cases that we've read these stories, you get a little something that's different, especially um, sometimes when you're focused on, like we're in this series of consistent character and sometimes when you think of it through a certain lens, you get different things in the passage of scripture. And so that's why I'm, I'm always concerned about losing my notes. But this morning we're going to be in, in a, what, what amounts to probably the most dramatic, maybe there's one more that's more dramatic, but it's one of the most dramatic um, stories in all of the scriptures. I mean from the perspective of um, its remarkability. We say something is remarkable, right? What that means is we comment on it. And why do we comment on it? We comment on it because it is um, out of the ordinary, sometimes so out of the ordinary and so out of the norm that we can't help but see it and go, whoa, look at this. This is completely different. And that's, that's what happens with this story in Job. You can't help but look at it and then look at it again and, and say, wow, it defies our everyday understanding of things. The only thing I thought was maybe more dramatic than this is, the, is um, Abraham and Isaac and the sacrifice of Isaac, uh, the potential sacrifice of Isaac. That's quite a dramatic story as well. But this morning, um, I want to go to Job chapter 1. We've had the opportunity during these six weeks of lessons to observe and examine character. That's really what we've done. We haven't spent a lot of time listing out for you a bunch of character traits and saying these are the character traits we should have. Seems that these character traits are seen in moments of challenge, big challenges, small challenges. We've talked about public challenges, private challenges. And character is 
painstakingly woven into the fabric of our lives. And the, the way that is done is through habits and disciplines and commitments that we make. And it seems that without that diligent work, the, the work of those, those habits and disciplines and commitments, the stories of challenge are likely, or they could be, stories of failure rather than stories of success, right? Stories of defeat rather than stories of victory. But in this series, we've really featured the stories of victory. And I was thinking a little bit about that um, phrase of victory, and I think this New Testament passage is one that springs to mind for me on the topic of victory, and I think it has application for today's lesson as well. That's in 1 John 5, 2 through 4, which says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Matthew Henry had a, a little bit of commentary on this, and I pulled this one or this couple of sentences. It says, He that is born of God is born for God, and consequently for another world. He has a temper and a disposition that tend to a higher and better world. And he is furnished with such arms or such a weapon whereby he can repel and conquer. His temper and disposition tend to a higher and better world. I think that's what we're going to see here. We're going to see the world in which we live, which is kind of this base world, which we are. And we're going to see someone who um, exhibits the kind of character, the kind of behavior, the kind of temper and disposition that sort of represents another world, a higher world. That's victory. That's victory. So it's another victorious story this morning. Perhaps consistent Christian character can be seen as a series of victories made possible by God through faith in Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, let's go to Job chapter 1 this morning. That's the mindset with which we want to approach Job chapter 1. Verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Sounds like we're being introduced to someone with consistent character. Verse 2. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters three daughters. His substance was also 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels, and 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she-asses, 
and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. We're going to see in a moment that he's, this verse tells us this, but we're going to expand on a little bit his responsibilities that he's been given. But the word perfect in the first verse, it means having integrity. It describes one who is morally and ethically pure. Another translation for that word is blameless. It doesn't mean pure throughout. It means made pure because of constant maintenance. We're going to see that in a moment, too. And upright, this man who's the the greatest of all the men in the East, he's upright, and that means he's straight. He's correct. He's right. He's a person doing the right things. The means by which he is remaining blameless and doing the right things is by having a proper reverence for God and by turning away from or by avoiding evil. Did you notice that? It said he feared God and he eschewed evil or he avoided and turned away from evil. Job seems to have a proper understanding of God and a proper understanding of evil because he has a reverence of God that is, can only come about because you understand who God is. It's why the word fear of God is still applicable. Here's what I mean by that. When, when we say that we should have a fear for God, we understand, if we understand God, we understand what kind of fear that that is. Because you understand the the mercy of God. You understand the the great kindness of God, the character of God, in that he is long-suffering. And yet you also understand the holiness of God and how he chastens those who believe and how he brings judgment upon unbelievers. And we say, this is someone who is not only kind and long-suffering, and this is someone who is not only uh, caring for me, but I also understand the fearfulness that I must have because of his holiness and his righteousness. And it's exactly the proper kind of fear. And that's what Job seems to understand. He seems to have a a proper understanding of God and then also a proper understanding of evil because he seems to understand that he needs to avoid evil because it would not only interrupt his proper understanding with God, break his proper understanding of God, but it would cause him harm and cause his family great harm. And we see that he's concerned about his family being caused harm because of a verse in just a few moments that we're going to read. He's consistent enough in his mindfulness of these things that his actions are impacted. 
Do you see what I'm saying there? He's mindful enough of how he ought to relate to God and how he ought to avoid certain evil that his actions, the things he does every day are impacted by this. That's why he's upright. That's why he's blameless. Let's continue reading about his responsibilities that he has. Uh, There were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And so it was when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts, and thus did Job continually. First thing I want to comment on is his responsibilities. He's certainly been given great responsibilities. We've seen this before in other um, stories that we've read in this series. Uh, A man named Joseph, obviously, that we talked about a couple weeks ago who is given responsibilities. And he's been given responsibilities. We know that it's the case because of what is said about Job and also what's said about Joseph. But we, of course, make the, the, the assumption right from the beginning that he can be trusted with these responsibilities. I was mentioning a man like uh, uh, Potiphar, the man in Egypt that... Joseph was responsible to. Those kind of men only hand over all their possessions to someone they believe can be trusted. And you know what happened here? God handed over some substance so that this man was the greatest of all the men in the East. He handed them over to Job because what? Job could be trusted with them. Character. Can you be trusted with responsibilities? How many? What kind? Of what consequence? Also, he is, and this is, honestly, this this is why um, he can be trusted with responsibilities. Because he is concerned not only with his own sins, but he's concerned with the sins of his family. And he's made a habit of being concerned about his family and their relationship with God or lack thereof, their sin against God. And it says, thus did Job continually. I had three words that I put together at the beginning here. Habits, disciplines, and commitments. He seems to have those. He has a habit of being concerned about his sin and about his family's sins. If we, uh, if we were just to go on what we know so far, I think we could make a reasonable case that Job is equipped to face challenges. Because we've talked about challenges. 
Um, character is developed in challenges, but it's also developed for challenges, right? And if we were just to go on what we know now, we could probably, if we stopped and we didn't know anything more about the passage, we could probably stop and say, it appears as though he is equipped for the challenge, and yet the challenge still comes. Now, I'm saying that for a reason. Okay, I've been doing a lot of sports, and I'm not particularly a sports guy, okay? I'm really not. I love soccer. I follow the Seattle Sounders. I told you this. But um, you'll hear at it's the beginning of the season. The Sounders play a game today against Colorado. It's not important. It's not important. But what I can tell you is this. What they're saying at the beginning of the season is the team is saying this. They're saying, we think we've got a really good team. We've got exactly the guys that we want here. They're good enough. They're all healthy. They're ready to play. And I, Coach Smetzer, who's the coach of the Sounders, also, but he says this about the games. But you still got to play the games. And you still got to do everything in the games that will get you to the point where you can get a win. If we were to stop, we would say we can make a reasonable case that Job is equipped to face the challenges. Hey, he's put together a series of habits and disciplines and commitments, it seems to us, to get him to a point where he he is walking in an upright way. He's walking in a perfect way or a way of, of the way of integrity. And he, he's very concerned about sin. He's very concerned about his reverence and his proper relationship with God. He's very concerned about all of that. But now then we're going to get into the challenge. Because that's going to come. And you can do a lot of work beforehand. But how will you respond in the challenge? We see an immediate response from him. You probably know the challenge that we're talking about. It says, uh, in verse 6, by the way, we're in verse 6 of Job 1. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. Now, uh, today, um, the Sounders will face a team that's on the other side. And they're going to do everything they can to win. Everything they can. And they probably prepped a lot, too. And they're probably disciplined. And they probably worked hard. Satan represents a much greater challenge. Much greater challenge. He's walking about to and fro in the earth, and he's seeking whom he may devour. And he doesn't represent an equal, uh, a foe that is equal to us. He represents a foe that is, is far greater than we are in his, in his power, but pales in comparison to God. But he's going about in the earth, 
He's walking to and fro. And the Lord said unto Satan, verse 8, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Sometimes I laugh at that. And I think uh, it, maybe Job might have thought, Do you have to bring me up, God? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know uh, really? God said, Have you considered my servant Job? Maybe this is why he brought him up, because he says that there is none like him in the earth. A perfect man and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. God confirms the authenticity of Job's character. That's what we want to have happen. That, that should be the desire. Not that people see us and have come to believe that we have character, right? Well, I've, I've seen that guy. It's, it seems to me, I've seen that lady. It seems to me she has character. No. God confirms the character of Job. That's what we need. For God to be pleased with our character. This is not the public appearance of religiosity. Instead, it seems that God is pleased with Job's life. And then Satan answered the Lord and he said, this is verse nine, doth Job fear God for not, for nothing? Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. I wonder if uh, some of us seek to develop character for this purpose. No, not the purpose that I was talking about for God to be pleased, but so that we can have a hedge about us, so that we can be protected on every side so that the work of our hands can be blessed and so that our substance can be increased. You won't develop character with that kind of motivation. You'll develop the public appearance of religiosity, which I can tell you that in private moments will be worthless to you. But here's the thing. God knows. God knows. God knew and confirmed the authenticity of Job's character. But Satan does what is consistent with Satan's character when he calls into question what God has said and he calls into question the character of Job. That's what Satan does. Verse 11. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. I was thinking of at least one situation. There's probably many, many more that you could tell me about. Very, very sad stories that gives Satan's assertion validity. Here's what I mean. 
Have you ever seen someone go into a trial of life and begin to blame God for it? I think if you have, it's a very, very sad moment. I don't know exactly what's happened. Maybe they have developed the public appearance of religiosity. Maybe they have. And maybe their their habits and their disciplines and their commitments have not been real habits that uh, are developing Christ-like character. Maybe they haven't been the right commitments. Maybe they've been seeking after a hedge of protection. Maybe they've been seeking out blessing in the work of their hands. Maybe they've been seeking out increasing in their worldly goods. I don't know exactly, but what I can tell you is some people, when they are touched in a certain way, they do curse God. I know that to be the case. I've seen that happen. And their behavior then is in accordance with Satan's and his character. Here's the thing. God knows. God knows. Because verse 12 says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Now the very dramatic trial of Job's character is about to be seen. But God knows. God knows about our character as well. Verse 13. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them, and they took them away, yea, and have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they were dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Stopping here, We're left to wonder what the reaction to such a crisis might be for us or might be for the average believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Would the character we have built in the habits and in the disciplines and in the commitments of our lives be sufficient to respond properly? I don't think the key is all that happened in the trial. But 
all that happened in the trial is important. Because as you begin to look at everything in life falling apart, and it hasn't all fallen apart yet, but as you begin to think about the things that happened to Job here, you can begin to imagine them happening in your own life, can't you? And then you would have to wonder, what does God know about my character? You see, the public perception of religiosity isn't going to cut it here. Might cut it for a while. You might be able to come to church on Sunday and put on a good face for a while. But God knows. What about Job? This is why it's a remarkable story, because then you look at Job's response and you go, Whew. Then Job arose, verse 20, Job arose and he rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground. I, the, the next two words are what are, what, uh, are remarkable. You could probably say, you, you, we, wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't be surprised if the next two words were, and cried, if the next two words were, and and uh, asked why. We wouldn't be surprised if the next two words were and shouted to God. The, the next two words could be all manner of things that are common, and yet they're uncommon, because the next two words were and worshiped. That's a bowing down to God with the right perspective of, about who God is. And then he said something, and he said, verse 21, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. Now, I made a point when we were talking about Joseph, and I want to make it again here, that there's something about character, there's something about real integrity that seems to be able to see things clearly. Have you noticed that? He, he is able to somehow step back and see because he says, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. He's somehow able to step back and see the situation as it is. So many times I'm so uh, concerned for myself and others that we're not seeing the situation clearly. Have you seen, have you, I, this is something that I'm so troubled over so often. You'll say to someone, well, um, you're in a situation where you've done something wrong. And can you see that you've done this thing wrong? Or you're in a situation where you should do this thing right. And can you see how you have to do this thing right? And they'll bring in all this lack of clarity and all this other, these other issues that have nothing to do with the point at hand. And they can't seem to step back and see. Job does. He sees. He says, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. This wasn't all mine. It's easy to see why God granted Job 
great responsibilities. For he realized he was a steward. And a steward is different than an owner. Joseph, when we talked about him, he was a steward in the house of Potiphar, right? He was responsible for, for all his stuff, but he wasn't the owner of all his stuff. And therefore, when his wife came and said, lie with me, he said, no, no, I'm not the master of this house. I'm just responsible for it. I'm a steward for it. And the only thing that he's kept back from me is you, Joseph said. And here we have Job saying, I was responsible for these things. God gave them into my hand to be responsible for. He gave them. He can take them away. He is, he is seen with a level of clarity. There's got to be something in this level of clarity that he's seeing related to our character. The, the next few words are also difficult. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We have a New Testament passage that says, uh, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or various kinds of trials. And we say, how is that possible, Lord? Well, Job said, the Lord gives, the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He continued likely because it was the habit of his life to have a proper perspective of God and a proper perspective of sin. You remember it saying that he eschewed evil or he avoided evil, he turned away from evil? He's doing that now. He's still having a proper view of God and he's still turning away from evil. This seemed to be the habit of his life and he continued in his habit. This is why we say to have habits of life. This is why we say to have commitments. So you can do it again. I've committed to this once. It's in the small challenges, maybe even in some big challenges. But now here's a really, really dramatic challenge. And I want to continue having a proper perspective of God, a proper perspective of sin. And do you know what? God was still good and sin was still to be avoided. Things change in people's lives. Difficult things happen in people's lives. And they begin to think God isn't good anymore. God changed. And maybe sin will work this time. But it won't. So Job bowed himself down. And he did so with the proper understanding of who God was fearing God. We know that because the next verse says, in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Who would have, uh, who would have blamed Job for a little crack in his character at this point? Who would have blamed him? We've probably given him a little break. Maybe if I was teaching this morning, I'd have given him a little bit. Well, you know, he, he had moments of doubt. He had moments of difficulty. He turned away from God for a moment, but maybe he would have gotten back on track. 
We're going to see a word in a few moments um, about Job that I think the word indicates to us that there aren't any cracks. And that's the word integrity. Have you ever known somebody of integrity? And you'll say, you'll say to someone of integrity, when I was a kid, I remember um, I wasn't the one who got in trouble. I was the one who convinced other kids to get in trouble. You ever known that kid? I know that irritates teachers a lot. Uh, but like, I would always be like, guys, we ought to do this, you know? And, and then they would say, uh, oh yeah. You know, you know, you'd always know the kids you'd count into stuff and be like, yeah, we ought to do that. And then they would start to go off and do it. And I would just hang back a little bit from that. But so I never got in trouble, but I could always get people in trouble. That's not a testimony of my character, by the way, of at least I'm not, I'm not, that's not, uh, that's not part of this lesson. <laughs> but um, what I noticed about certain people is they seem to have something and there was no cracks. You say, well, why don't we do this? Nope, not doing that. Well, just this one time. See, we never get in trouble. Just this one time we could just, no. No, no. But see, in this case, it's a little different. You see, there's something different about this case. No, no, not doing that. That's wrong. Not doing it. That's integrity. There's no cracks. There's no cracks in it. That's why it's integrity. I, I gave an illustration one time. I was, I was, oh, I have not much time. I was talking to the kids about integrity during the chapel. And I came in and I had a bag. And inside the bag, I had a, uh, if I would have still had this stuff, I would have brought it this morning. But inside the bag, I had our pop-up um, step stool. And I put this pop-up step stool inside of the bag and I stood on top of the bag and it held me up. And then I stepped off of it. I took that out of the bag. I propped up the bag so it looked the same as it did before. And I took out that step stool that was the structure inside and I stood on it and it crushed. And I said, that framework inside was the integrity. And when it has no integrity, it collapses. Job didn't collapse. In all, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. He could have found many excuses in the modern era. We would have given them to him, but he didn't have them. Uh, I better go on real quick. Uh, chapter 2. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, from whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. Haven't you done enough damage already, Satan? And no, he's still going about. He's still going about today. And the Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job? that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And still he holdeth fast his integrity. Whew. God knows. Although thou movest against him to destroy him without cause. 
I think that was the most startling uh, two wor words in this point in the passage for me. He says, you've, you've gone about to destroy him without cause. All this came upon Job for no good reason, without cause, and yet he maintains his integrity. We're often looking for reasons. I can endure this, God, if I can understand, if there's a purpose for it. God, do you have a purpose for it? Well, he may. He may. But sometimes things just come and they don't have, we don't have any answers for it. And God said, this has come upon you. You've come upon him without cause. But Satan answered the Lord and he said, skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath he will give up or he will give for his life. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse thee to thy face. And the accuser of the brethren makes another accusation. Verse six, and the Lord said unto Satan, behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life because God knows. And so Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him a pot shirt and scraped himself with all. And he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, dost thou retain thine integrity? Is there no cracks in your integrity? Are you not to the point now where you can say, okay, I could get away with it if I just make a little complaint to God, if I just charge God foolishly once? Is there not a little crack? And there is none. Because he said unto her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this, did not Job sin with his lips? The character of a man shines through even when the closest to him lose heart. He's a leader by example when others begin to doubt. He maintains righteousness when others fail to do right. Character remains when life falls apart. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together this morning. So much more we can learn. Just scratching the surface of it. This whole book is a help and uh, just teaches us things. So help us to look to you. Help us to know that, that you know and you understand let us not seek for that which looks good, but uh, seek for that which God can confirm as authentic in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.